welcome once again to Raging Skillet. This is Rossi, better known as Chef Rossi, owner and executive chef of the Raging Skillet in New York City. And how are you? Here we are in May. Oh my God, May. Really, thank God, right? Feels like spring, although it has been raining a lot in New York and Florida. Florida will always be F-L-A-D-A to me. Florida. Shout out to you, Florida. And by the way, did I mention that I'm gay, 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 gay in Florida? I need to get a t-shirt that just says gay on the front and back and walk all over Florida with it. Because the whole don't say gay thing is for the birds. But I digress. Anyway, here we are, and here I am, and we're May. Things are happening. Lots and lots of things are happening. I don't know where to start. Well, I've been catering some glorious weddings since the last time we talked. It's been downright exciting. And I do love love. But I also have to say other exciting things have been happening. I think people who know me or have listened to the show long enough know that I wrote a book that became my memoir, that was published in 2015 called The Raging Skillet. And it was adapted for the stage by maestro playwright and buddy of mine, Jacques Lamar, and premiered at Theater Works in Hartford, Connecticut as Raging Skillet, drastically different name. Anyway, it's such a love train, crazy, funny, hysterical, rocking and raging play that it ran for five weeks. It was a huge smash hit. The actors cooked on stage and fed the audience. I'm telling you, if you ever, ever have a chance to see this, you need to. And from there, it traveled to St. Louis. Shout out to you, St. Louis. I always say St. Louis because I just love saying that. But my friends from St. Louis say we actually don't like that. And we can always tell you're a tourist when you say that. So I'm trying not to say that. But I do serve some toasted ravioli because of you, St. Louis. And from there, it went to Wellfleet and had a fantastic time at the Wellfleet Harbor Actors Theater. It was pretty awesome to see Raging Skillet on the billboard driving up Highway 6 on my way to Provincetown. Shout out to you, Wellfleet. And from there, it went to, where the hell else do it go? It went to downtown New York City for a crazy, wonderful show starring Judy Gold. We went to Cambridge, Massachusetts. We went to Rochester, New York. We went to Sedona, Arizona. I mean, this has been a crazy thing. And now, 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 we're about to have our very first off-Broadway reading. So it's a time for celebration it's a time for gratitude. You know, I've been meditating on gratitude because I tend to start moving so fast and rocking and raging, kvetching and cooking. And I don't often stop to smell the roses to go through Central Park and think I'm being stalked by somebody and then find out it's my own shadow. I don't often stop to do that, but also to stop and just sit with gratitude so many people to be grateful to. I mean, and maybe it's also more important to tell them so many things to be grateful for. I'm grateful for Charlie Thompson, Mr. T, 
who sent me a check for $100 once a month when I was a starving, really literally starving artist in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. I was living on pilfered saltines and ketchup packets that I squeezed into boiling water to try to make a sauce to have pasta with. I mean, I was hardly scraping by and I would get those $100 checks and I would manage to stretch it to get groceries for a month out of it. Hey, this was 1981. You could kind of do that. Four boxes of pasta for a dollar. You could really stretch a hundred bucks. Of course, all I did was eat bread and pasta. and That's why I probably became allergic to gluten. But it's no offense to you, Mr. T. I'm still grateful. Your hundred bucks saved my life. And he did that once a month. Unbelievable. And I'm grateful to all the people who during COVID, when I started my Feeding People in Need mission, where I cooked out all the food I had in my kitchen and was getting ready for a huge season of weddings in 2020, and all of them postponed. And all of a sudden, there was nothing but a whole kitchen full of food. So I started cooking it and making stews and soups and curries. And I decided the mission would be to give it to all of the people in need that I could find and that I knew. And I roped in fantastic Mama Charmaine, who I call Charmuffy. And I roped in Saluffy. And we had this great mission of giving out this food. And then some wonderful people started chipping in towards the expenses because I was pocketing, I was paying, pocketing, Lord knows, I was paying out of my pocket for all of the expenses. And so I went through all my food and I went through all my money and I wanted to keep feeding people in need because it just felt so good. And I put the word out there. Does anyone know someone in need? Does anyone know someone who wants to help? And people did know people in need and we fed them. But people also wanted to help and started sending in checks. And we bought groceries with that. And I just fed and fed and fed for three months. We fed all these people. And it was so great and it energized us and really got us through the three darkest months of COVID. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who helped to help pass out the food help pay for the groceries in any way that you helped. Thank you. Thank you. It just was such a great mission of love. I'll never forget it. And those were dark days, March, April, and May, 2020, when COVID swept in like a big, giant, creeping, terrible cancer. And that energized us. And all the people we helped, their love energized us. It was great. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for all the people who have loved my memoir. I'm grateful for all the people who have loved the play. I'm grateful for David Wininsky, the founding director of the Jewish Play Project, who just championed this coming off Broadway. And he and I basically became partners in the mission of bringing this baby off Broadway. And it is just so full of love, laced and rolling in love. I'm grateful to Tom and Michael Dangora, the incredible, incredible producers who have energized us and are making this creature, this raging creature, satellite to the universe. So all sorts of things to be grateful for. And it's important to spend time doing that. I know I'm really jazzed up. And the crazy thing is, that I'm actually talking to you. I'm actually taping this at 
7 o'clock in the morning. Isn't that crazy? You know I'm not a morning person. But I woke up with this burst of energy, all excited for our first off-Broadway reading, all excited to rage and rage and rock. And the music, the music has been a big part of it, energizing this play, energizing me. Joan Jett's Bad Reputation, Queen, We Will Rock You, The Runaways, Cherry Bomb. These are these, the Ramones, Rock and Roll High School, Blondie, One Way or Another. I mean, these are this is the music, the soundtrack of my life. Late 70s, early 80s, punk and hard rock. Forget it. So think of this show today with the Queen soundtrack, with Freddie Mercury. We will, we will rock you. Just have that in the back of your head, even though we're being all mellow and it's seven in the morning and I do have neighbors, but I digress. So all these things to be grateful for, but I'm also grateful for the gift, the gift of being able to make beautiful food and the gift of being able to make people happy. And I guess I have to thank my mother for that. I get a lot of things I have to thank my mother for. Mama, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry I didn't call more. I'm so sorry I didn't visit more. Forgive me. But there's a whole play really about you and a book really about you. And my life is really about you. So forgive me. I know that I know that you know that, right? Don't you know that? Oi, the guilt, it's killing me. But I digress. Anyway. My mother taught me that food equals love. You know, I would fall down. I would cut myself. My mother would give me something I love to eat and just say, Slava, eat this and know your mother loves you. The things that made me so happy as a kid are so simple. She would take white bread, put a spoonful of ragu tomato sauce on it and a slice of American cheese, stick it in the broiler until the cheese kind of puffed up and got crunchy and... That would be this sort of makeshift pizza-ish kind of thing. I don't know, but I loved it. It was like my favorite snack ever. So the other favorite thing that I loved was cold chicken. First, she would cook it in the oven forever. But who cared about it when it was hot for dinner? Who cared? But the next day, eating it cold, drumsticks in particular. Oh, my God, forget it. I think I could eat like 50 of them. But I was a fat kid, and I mentioned that, so there's a reason for that. But anyway, my mother taught me that food equals love, and I think about that all the time. So the wedding that I catered on Saturday, I got to really, really, really fill it with love. It just kind of felt it charging out of me, and with great people around me, too. And the bride and groom wanted to do something a little different. They wanted a taco station, so already that's a fun thing. But they didn't want normal things. They didn't want like, you know, steak, you know, Mexican-style steak, carne asada, fajita, fajita, vegetables or chicken. They didn't want any of the normal stuff. They wanted eclectic, unusual tacos. And that is really my jam. So for a long time, I've been making my, my little baby pastrami tacos. You probably heard me talk about that. So let's do it on a grander scale. So we sliced up some gorgeous pastrami and then we wrapped it in foil. We gave it a good amount of moisture and we steamed it so it got nice and soft and awesome and the fat of the pastrami really gave it almost like a sauce. 
I'm a New Yorker, so I say sauce. And we put that in a chafing dish. And you know, normally I'm an enemy of chafing dishes because I feel they murder food. Well, they murder fish and they murder vegetables, but not pastrami. The pastrami loves the chafing dish. And then with the pastrami, we had sauerkraut, of course, but half-sour pickles. Now, normally I would buy my half-sour pickles from Katz's Deli because they make the best half-sour pickles in the universe. But I decided to make them. And so I boiled salt and water together. We got Kirby cucumbers, put them into big jars, you know, really gallon-sized jars. And in went peppercorns and coriander seed and dill seed and mustard seed. And then we cooled off our boiled salt water and poured that in. And we put fresh dill in there. And what else did I put in there? Some cumin seed and some caraway seed, too, just for fun. And then even though it's not traditional for half-sour pickles, because I just had to, a little drizzle of apple cider vinegar, too. Closed it up, in went in the fridge for five days, and we got some perfect gorgeous, delicious half-sour pickles. They're getting better and better. I'm going to go eat one today. By next week, they're going to be glorious. And so the taco was the pastrami and the sauerkraut and the half-sour pickles. But I'm not done. Then we made Korean barbecue chicken. So I marinated the chicken in sesame and soy and garlic and ginger and olive oil and some chili too, some Korean chili. And then I made a sauce out of honey and chili and lime and sesame and tamari and cilantro. So we marinated our chicken. We used boneless chicken thighs because dark meat rolls. And then we grilled it and then we sliced it. And then we tossed it up in our Korean barbecue sauce and tossed that up in fresh scallions. Beautiful. That became our other taco. And then I also did these chipotle portobello mushrooms that were glorious. I pureed chipotle peppers. Yum, yum, yum. And I gave that a little tamari, even though it's not traditional, and some olive oil and some fresh orange juice and a ton of fresh cilantro. Cilantro, not cilantro. That's the name of a drag queen. And marinated the portobellos and grilled them and sliced them up. And it was a beautiful thing. So can you imagine having a pastrami half-sour pickle and sauerkraut taco or a Korean barbecue chicken taco or a gorgeous chipotle portobello mushroom taco? And then even though it's not something that goes with any of those things, we made a big old vat of guacamole and salsa too, because why not? And we gave a choice of flour tortillas or corn tortillas. I'm a corn girl because gluten-free, but also more traditional, I think. Anyway, it was a beautiful thing. And it was just so full of love. And everyone went nuts for it. They just they were like, we're having a pastrami taco. They couldn't believe it. And then you would think that was enough food, right? But no, I made a whole other buffet. And this is a hardcore amount of eating. On the other table was my Moroccan table. And so on that table, we had salmon charmoula. I love saying that. Now that's a drag queen name. Charmoula. And a green lentil salad. And a big gorgeous baby lettuce salad. 
and all kinds of rustic rustic bread, semolina rolls and black olive rolls and herb focaccia. It was a ton of, ton of food. Now, I love making my charmoula sauce. It gets me really excited. I puree parsley and cilantro and garlic, but not fresh garlic. I take my garlic and put it in a pot and cover it with olive oil and simmer it forever. And it's nice and soft and cooked. And it doesn't give you that stinky thing after about a week. It lasts forever. Put some of my cooked garlic in it. And just a little bit of jalapeno, just a little bit. ton of smoked paprika. A ton of ground coriander. A ton of ground cumin. Celery salt and salt. And lemon juice and olive oil. Just picture all those flavors. It's kind of like making a Moroccan pesto just delicious and so we take a whole side of salmon and we crust it in the charmoula the charmoula however you say you say charmoula i say charmoula whatever you want to say crust it in that cook it at a high temperature and out comes this gorgeous moroccan salmon then we serve the whole sides and we carve it almost like it's a roast beef it's a beautiful thing but that's not even all of it. The green lentil salad, now that could be a boring thing, right? Not this one. So we cooked our green lentils till they were al dente. We wanted them to have a little crunch. And then I made a vinaigrette out of champagne vinegar and sherry vinegar and lemon juice because I was really feeling like mixing it up with mustard and olive oil and white pepper and salt and cumin and coriander ground pureed that up, made a gorgeous vinaigrette. And we diced red bell pepper, you know, small fine dice, and red onion, gorgeous, and peeled and small fine dice of carrot. Mix the whole thing up in this vinaigrette a day before, so it really marinated, so the vegetables started to soften. And then at the wedding, we gave it just because it drinks it. It gets thirsty. Lentils, people don't understand how thirsty they get it. It drank it. So the day we at the wedding, I brought extra dressing. We gave it a little more drizzle. And then a ton of fresh sliced chives and a ton of fresh sliced scallions. And it was a gorgeous, gorgeous thing. And a big, beautiful salad with baby red tomato, tomatoes and baby yellow tomatoes, I'm telling you. Just doesn't get much better than that. So I was feeling downright charged. When I saw people digging into my pastrami tacos. It just filled me with so much love. Now, here's the crazy thing. I was actually catering another wedding the same day and the same time, also in Brooklyn. Thank God they were both in Brooklyn. If one was in Texas and one was in New York, that would have been a little harder. And this wedding was going to be hors d'oeuvres all night long. It's kind of a cool way to have a wedding. They, they didn't have a crazy amount of money to spend, so they wanted to do something cool. And I suggested, why don't we just do wave after wave of fabulous hors d'oeuvres? So we did 90 minutes of the first wave of hors d'oeuvres and 90 minutes of the second wave of hors d'oeuvres. So I knew that my waiters for their staff meal, they were going to get pizza bagels, of course, because we're giving our waiters pizza bagels because it makes them happy. But normally they would sit down and have dinner after. And so in this case, they were just going to be eating hors d'oeuvres, which is fine. That's what all the guests ate. But I said, you know what? 
I made too much food, of course. So after I fed all the guests and I packed up a lot of food, a whole feast for a king and a queen for the bride and groom, and I fed everyone who worked at the venue, the picnic house in Prospect Park, and I fed the party planners and the photographer and the DJ, everybody pigged out. I then packed up a small feast and I took it with me to my other wedding. I got there in time for the second wave of hors d'oeuvres. Everyone was loving everything. The bride was thrilled. And then I made a little buffet in an area we call sanitation. That's why we kind of buzz all dirty things too. And I had all the waiters and the vendors and the bartenders and everyone come in one by one. And I fed them salmon charmoula and Korean barbecue chicken and pastrami and green lentil salad and baby lettuce salad and semolina rolls. And they were so happy and it made me so happy. I felt like I was just floating in love. So I guess that's a a big mouthful for seven o'clock in the morning, right? Well, luckily you're gonna be listening to this at a much later hour, but I don't know, what can I say? I haven't even had my cup of tea yet. I haven't even got my mojo going yet. I haven't done my morning stretches. I haven't done all the things I normally do. But I'm talking to you at the wee hours in the morning. It's a weird thing. And it's only because I'm so friggin' grateful. I Googled it, by the way. I can say friggin' on public radio. I just can't say the other F word. So today I'm gonna roll in gratitude. I'm grateful for Jeremy and Celeste, Salafi, and Jeremiah, my nicknames for them. I'm grateful for Renata. I'm grateful for Charmaine, Charmuffy. These are the people who have made this weekend possible. I'm grateful for Ronathan and Manuelito. These are the people who made this weekend possible, my dream team, the wonderful, wonderful people who nurture and support me and help me cook beautiful food and cook beautiful food themselves. And Renata and Charmaine run the events. They're unbelievable. Charmuffy, the catering director of the gods. And she's also a writer, director, producer, actor, real estate broker. And I think there might be a few other careers I forgot. Kind of like a, a renaissance girl. And is one of the producers of the first off-Broadway reading and show of Raging Skillet. So shout out to you, Charmuffy grateful, so grateful to you. I'm grateful to my girlfriend. I know, I know I talk about my girlfriend a lot, but I haven't in a while. I'm grateful to my girlfriend, Lila, because she's an incredible support unit. I'm always getting these messages when I was getting through that very hard weekend, the double wedding weekend. You can do it. You're my superwoman. You're my hero. I'm so proud of you. I mean, getting these kinds of messages, it's so empowering. So I would pass that on to you. Who are you grateful to? Can you call them up and let them know right now how grateful you are? Who might you empower? Is there someone in your life that needs some help, needs a lift? Could you maybe take a minute to tell them that they're beautiful? Could you maybe take a second to tell them that you're proud of them? Could you maybe just take a moment to text them or call them or email them and just say, you can do it. You're a superhero. You got this. Everyone is going through something hard. 
People are walking around you and maybe they're not showing it, but you don't know what they're going through. Maybe you go to work and you have a secretary. Maybe you could just go in and tell him or her, you know what, I just wanted you to know, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for your hard work. Or maybe you go into work and you are a secretary. Maybe you could just take a minute to go to your boss and you may even hate your boss and just say, just wanted to take a minute to say, I hope you have a wonderful day. Can you imagine how much your rest of your day is going to be better? How much kinder they're going to be to you? It's like a cycle. It keeps going. Maybe you're a teacher and you could take a minute to tell your class, I just want you to know I'm really happy you're here and I'm proud of you for all the learning you're doing. Maybe you're a student and you could take a moment to say to your teacher, I just want to thank you for all the knowledge you've given me. Maybe you graduated high school 20, 30, 40 years ago. Maybe your teacher is still alive and you could take a minute to call them and just say, I just want to thank you for all the knowledge you gave me. I would like to thank Mrs. Holton, the creative writing teacher in Rumson Fairhaven High School. And I have tried to find her many a time. I do not believe she's alive because God, I graduated high school well, let's just say a very long time ago. And Mrs. Holton was a little long in the tooth when she was my teacher. And I thought maybe she was kind of a meanie, you know, sort of a cranky woman. But turned out that she really had a soft spot for me. And she really opened me up. She really got me writing. This creative writing class, she got me to open my soul. I mean, the first time, first I turned in my first assignment, I was trying to be such a rebel I wrote something about what it was like to roll marijuana, crush crush the pot, take the seeds out, put it in the paper, roll it up into joints. You know, I just wanted to be a troublemaker. And I turned it in kind of laughing. But she got back to me and she said, you know, I know that you thought you were being a smartass, but this was beautifully written and very evocative. And I could really see and feel everything you were trying to say. And if you stop trying to be such a badass, maybe you'd realize that you really are a great writer. You really are a good writer and you could be a great writer. Stick with it. And she inspired me and I stuck with it. And I think of her often. So thank you, Mrs. Holton. Or is it Miss Holton? Mrs. Holton. Thank you so much. I have a feeling that you're in heaven teaching people how to do creative writing up there somewhere. Or if there's such a thing as reincarnation, maybe you're back and you're going to be starting your new journey. But either way, I'm grateful because you opened me up. You got me really writing, really thinking, really feeling. It's amazing what a great teacher can do for a student in their formative years. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm grateful. Well, there you have it. That was an awful lot to say at 7 in the morning. This is Rossi, better known as Chef Rossi. And as always, food is love and so are you. That's what my mother Harriet taught me. Food is love. Slava, eat this and know your mother loves you. She was right. Food is love. Have a glorious day. Don't forget to be grateful. Don't forget to inspire other people. Pass on your heart and your kindness and your goodness. You're a superhero and you can do it. And rock and rave.